Hey, it's Clay from the manual. I hope all is well and that you are putting your best self forward. I'm coming to you today from the Anchor app, which is used to record the manual. It is a great way to record your podcast, amplify your voice, get your message out and engage with your friends and have some fun. It is a very easy app to use. You download the Anchor app and it will actually give you a chance to get on the other platforms such as Google Cast, Apple and Spotify. So use the Anchor app. And have a great time. I am here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the manual. Hello there. Good, you can hear me? I can hear you perfect. How about me? Yeah, yeah, coming in crystal, coming in crystal. I um I'm I'm a little uh energized as you know i did the fast 36 hours um whew, i will be sharing my experience on another episode but um i'm here uh and i'm celebrating much of a second birthday today uh you yes, came sir. to see me in the hospital about three years ago and i did just want to thank you for that that you showed that kind of support that level of concern so thank you from the bottom of my heart well as you know um you and i share a kinship in that uh we both had a uh, you know an episode of a similar sort um just about seven years apart so i think while i was concerned for you as a brother um i've been there so um you know we're glad that we both made it through absolutely absolutely all right so i um i got a lot of energy and a lot of buzz around your sneaker uh snippet so Barring anything else you want to talk about, I want to kind of explore a little bit of that world, what you do, sure, um, what you can bring, the value that you can bring to someone, um, and the education that you can share with us on how to navigate this world, have fun, be if it's a hobby, if it's something that someone's looking to do some entrepreneurship work in, um, that kind of thing. So I'd like you to kind of expound on what you do. Sure. Um, well, I think the first thing I should say is right now I collect and not in the way that we talked about last time where I collect in a way that it's a currency. Um, I collect in a way that, um, I wear, you know, I, I, I wear what I buy and that's my philosophy in it. But, um, to go back, I mentioned last time that I got into sneakers, uh, two years ago. Um, I think I'll go into detail about that if that's cool with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So a friend of mine, AJ, um, he and I were in New York City uh, for a WWE event two years ago. Uh, he's from Queens, but he had been living in, uh, in Virginia at the time, and we decided to go. And so while we were there, the day of the event, we had a little bit of time to explore the city, and he asked me, what do I want to do? And I want to say a few like weeks prior to that, I had stumbled upon a video of Shane McMahon. And for those of you who are, you know, WWE fans, you know that the McMahon family are the uh, the family in, in professional wrestling. Um, and, and he was shopping at some sneaker shop in New York City. And um, I said, why don't we go there? I didn't know what it was, but we looked it up. And so we made, I think it was like a 15 block walk. To, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> to, yes, <clears throat> to Flight Club uh, in New York. And I just remember, you know, looking at it. It's pretty nondescript from the outside. It's not like you would know what, what it is. Um, but as soon as I walked in, I kind of likened it to uh, when Dorothy sees the Emerald City. You know, they come up over that hill and it's just like, wow. Um, and it was, for those of you who have not been there, uh, the walls are pretty much lined floor to ceiling with shoes. Um, you know, like one shoe that's sort of shrink wrapped, uh, but basically every single sneaker that's almost ever existed, it seems, is in that place. And as soon as I walked in and saw that, it was just, uh, it was like a whole new world had opened up to me. And, you know, as somebody who always liked uh, having, you know, nice shoes, it was like shoes and hats were my thing. Um, and I usually, usually would have a, a diff, you know, like a, a decent assortment of hats, but nothing crazy. Um, and I've stopped, I had stopped wearing hats as I got older because I kind of felt like I had to give it up as an, uh, a fashion piece because I needed to quote unquote act older. But anyway, mm-hmm. so we went there because I said, you know, I kind of 
struggle having casual footwear. Like I either have work shoes or I have running shoes. And I wanted something in between. I I really, really struggled with that because I always felt like I looked like a total dad wearing (laughs) my sneak, you know, like wearing running shoes with shorts and, and I really struggled. So um, we walked in there and it was, it was the craziest thing. Like there was so much there that I could have asked for. Um, And I remember texting my wife and being like, Hey, we're going to go here. Like, can I treat myself? It's a really amusing conversation thinking back on it because she's like, yeah, you know, go ahead, buy whatever you want. And I said, well, let's put a cap on it because I don't, I don't even know like what these things are going to cost and all that. So she put a $500 cap on it, which again, it's amusing in retrospect, but at the time it was like, okay. And fast forwarding two years from now, I realized that my, that $500 that I could have spent that day could and has gone to better purchases in that time period because what I've learned over that of the course of almost that two years now is that the sneaker market has many different branches to it that I don't think that people are either aware of um, or they choose you know not to uh, participate in all of them and so I have realized that getting into something like that where the hype around it is so much driven by sports it's driven by pop culture now to the point where, excuse me, it is, um, it's really a, a f- part of the fabric of, of, of sort of popular culture and fashion where, you know, sneakers are popular mm-hmm. and not just in the cool crowds. I mean, we're talking, you know, a bunch of dads wear them and just people that you wouldn't even think uh, would have a, uh, even a, the smallest of collections. You know, yeah. Has some. yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it it uh, just to just to kind of reflect on that, I I mean I've seen people in weddings where the bride and groom are, mm-hmm. are wearing heat, and I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Even in the latest NBA 2K game, there is a sneaker, uh, virtual sneaker store in the game. In the yes. where you're not playing, obviously, if you're in the community in the game, there's an actual store down the street that you go into, and it's like a flight club, and you buy sneakers and you design sneakers. It's insane. Yeah. And so um, right when I got back, I bought two pairs while I was there. I actually still have both of them. And um, while I have sold about, you know, half a dozen in the last year, um, I decided I'm always going to keep those because to me, they are reminders of the start. And I'm a person who always feels that it's good to know where you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what venture you're going on, it's always great to remember the beginning because you can get so far into it that you kind of forget um, why you started or where you started. And so I, I still have those that they're, they're downstairs. But when I, when I started doing research and when I started looking into stuff, I realized that there was a secondary market um, for those who are in the sneaker game. The, you know, the company StockX and Goat, those are the two major players in the resale game where they are doing authentication for you. And I found, I, I discovered what those were. And I remember buying shoes off of there and, and so forth. And then going back to Flight Club, I realized that I significantly overpaid for the shoes that I purchased really? because I, I didn't know any better. I didn't realize that one of the shoes that I bought was basically completely bricked and no, it sat. Nobody wanted it. And so I, Today, if I wanted to buy that shoe, I could get it for less than a hundred dollars. What does brick mean? It's basically like it just—I mean, that's that's a term that I use, but it's kind of like in—it's the same thing in basketball. You throw up a brick, Brick. you don't score any points, right? And so, um, you know, I think a lot of people will say that it will hit the outlets at some point. Um, And so I bought it, and I think it was like two hundred and fifty bucks, and I could get it now for less than a hundred. And I also keep it as a reminder of how much I've learned over the time period. So, um, and and, and even throughout that, you know, realizing that hype was driving so much of uh, what I could get. Um, And if you've ever tried to get a sneaker on release day and you know it's going to be hyped, and if you've used Nike sneakers app, it's nearly impossible to get wins, right? And um, I got frustrated with that because I thought, well, wait a minute. Like, this is not some, it, or at least to me, it didn't feel like a, a club that was so exclusive that I couldn't be a part of it because they're shoes. Um, and that's what led me to, I mentioned the replica sneakers last week. And a lot of 
purebred sneakerheads are going to turn this podcast off the second that I mention that. But and 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 no judgment there. I, I don't I don't have an issue with people who go down that route. But I recognized that there was a whole market that I could leverage off of to get shoes that I wanted because I didn't care that they were put together by Nike or that they were stamped for approval or whatever. Um, I just cared what they looked like and how they made me feel. And so I went down that route. But now that I've got two years under my belt and I've seen both sides of the of the equation, so to speak, I realized that somebody who wanted to get into this because they either wanted to collect or they wanted to, you know, um, rock some heat, uh, I really could have benefited from having a lot of that information up front. And that's, I think, what I'm trying to do is put together information so that anybody who wants to get in but doesn't know how to get in can contact me and I can present to them everything that I know of what's out there and they can make the decision for themselves which avenue they want to go on. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, um, the one thing that, um, that I, I love about you, man, is that you're a person, since I've known you, anything that you get involved with, you go 100% into it. You don't candy coat, you don't skim it over. You deep dive into it, break it apart, see how it works. So I know that the homework that you're doing is very valuable because it really um, came to light when we went to the sneaker convention um, that they had here several months ago before COVID. And I, it was an awesome time. I didn't think I would ever enjoy something like that, but I got such an education from what you were telling me as things were happening in real time, the haggling, the currency, the styles, the what year stuff came out, you know, guys telling me that, oh, with the box is an extra 400. I'm like, because of the, the box, the box is a novelty as well. And I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know any of those things. So, you know, uh, as a, as a, as a sneaker person, I'm like you, I, you know, prior never really got into it. You know, every once in a while, I'll buy some nice, you know, nice sneakers when I was a kid. You know, teenager, young adult. But then as I got older, you know, I was a suit and tie guy. So I was more into buying shoes and things of that nature. But now, you know, getting back into wearing some sneakers and, you know, you're my tour guide into the underworld, so to speak. Yeah. And I, that's when, that, that day actually is a, is a perfect example of, of why the education part of it for me is so key. And, and I think the other part of it too is if you're going to be into something, so you and I, I started boxing because of you, and you can attest that I've become a student of the game. Mm-hmm. And I watch videos, I watch different fighters, I go back to different errors, I try, I ask questions because for me, I'm in it. If I'm, if I'm going to do something, I want to be good at it and I want to be knowledgeable at it. And that's just my personality. And it's slightly an addictive personality because if I get into something, I'm not only 100% in, like I'm way over. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> After the after the heart attack that I had, I started to lose weight. I discovered running, and I did what seven marathons over the course of two years. Yeah, um, and like twenty five half marathons. So, and, and again, I, I learned about the history of running. I learned about the running technology, different ways in which you could do it, all that stuff. I buy books. That that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with sneakers, it was the same thing because there's a history to it that is important that is important for me to understand so that when I go somewhere with a pair of shoes I know why they designed them this way I know what the history behind them if there is a history behind them and I don't just rock a pair of shoes ignorantly that's that's just not me a good example now is a couple weeks ago these shoes got released that were designed after the band the Grateful Dead a good majority of the people that have them have no idea who the Grateful Dead is wow and it's because it's younger people buying because of the hype, but they don't know what that means. And so when they say that they're designed after the marching bears of the Grateful Dead, most people have to Wikipedia that because that's an old band. It's an old reference. Yeah. Um, and even Michael Jordan, to an extent, is becoming an older reference. Yeah. But with that documentary, the documentary took Jordan brand to another level because yeah. people who had been buying sneakers now had this piece of media that they could sink their teeth into. And they're like, well, I definitely have to have as many Jordans as possible. Um, And so that's just always been me. I want to understand it. When I wear a pair of shoes and somebody asks me about them, I want to be able to give them a fact or two about it. Even if they don't care, even if they start to gloss over, 
it's important for me because if anybody who is tangentially a part of the sneaker game, like yourself is, is another good example. And I tell you what the design, you know, uh, background of it is, mm-hmm. then you've learned something mm-hmm. and maybe that's something that interests you. Uh, so that's just the way that I am with yeah. things, but I think it's helped me, um, learn how to navigate it to where I'm not really afraid to navigate it anymore. So when I go to a sneaker convention and somebody says, this is how much this is going to be. First of all, I know what my personal limits are financially and most likely, and I think I even told you that day, I won't be making any purchases here. And that's just me. Um, But when you go to a convention like that, you find that there is an entire hustle that, that, that goes along with this. People make lots and lots of money reselling sneakers but you could go to every single booth at that convention and some everybody could have the same shoe and you could get about what 100 different prices maybe and that's where the key is knowing which ones are fair which ones make sense for your financial you know needs and and that's where you can be educated to make a decision because i think a lot of people who may not know would go to that first booth and be like yeah that sounds good let's yeah. go here yeah um, and not necessarily know that they should be playing the game a little bit better for themselves. So I think that's what I'm trying to set up so that I can help out some people. I do I do honestly regret get, not getting the Kaepernick's that day because, you know, it's unfortunate that that sneaker was never released, but I still got some awesome pictures of them. Oh, yeah. They're so dope, man. I'm like, wow, I should have, I should have, I should have bit the bullet, but I would have been killed the minute I crossed that threshold to come home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's a funny thing too. That shoe is a is an awesome example of something that never gets released, but there's a history to it, right? Like in twenty in twenty years, when people, you see these auctions, and it's like, well, somebody has a, a pair of those, right? That's never been opened, and it goes on sale. Who knows? The entire culture of this country could have shifted to a place where, you know. Colin Kaepernick related memorabilia, even though it's not technically related to him, he's just one of the more vocal reasons why that shoe never made it to retail. And somebody could pay tens of thousands of dollars just to have that piece of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also was a good thing too, because it brought to light some of the issues around the Betsy Ross flag and some history that goes into it and why certain people could look at that and have a problem with it and want it to be rectified by not making it, you know, as something that's mass sold. So I, that, that's, again, there's so many examples of things like that. Or when you have a, a shoe that was a, um, you know, like, um, like an experiment, you know, an experiment or something that was a, the first time they ever made it, but the shoe never made it to, to the public for one reason or another a sample Mm -hmm. and some people have those and those are worth so much money to people. Um, and it never made it. So like those little nuances and little historical tidbits, I think are fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, a a lot of people would get like movie memorabilia, you know, this is Fonzie's jacket or something like that. And they'll pay 15 grand for it. And I'm like, man, that's, that's crazy. But everyone has, you know, everyone has what it's going to be worth to them. You know, I, I, I can definitely attest to my martial arts collection of movies. I would never sell any of them, but every once in a while, I you know I test the market to see what the temperature is like for it, mm-hmm. because there's not many in print. And the more years that go by from the 1970s, you know, to all the way now, it, it, they become more and more valuable. So I can definitely see what you're saying about that. And even related to that, I'm sure there are marketplaces that anybody can sell. Oh yeah, in which. People put up items that somebody like yourself, who's versed in that particular topic, can look at it and say, this guy's trying to you know, take somebody for their money. Like, that's yeah. not what that is. Yeah. And that, that happens in the sneaker game a lot. And when I, when I talked about the, the replica sneakers part of it, and I should make a mention right out front, mm-hmm. um, I had a lawyer friend of mine who is an um, assistant DA down south look into this for me and purchasing counterfeit items whether it's sneakers or rolexes or what have you is perfectly legal for personal use yes and so i I don't have a problem rocking those for personal use but i do have a huge problem when people want to purchase them for the uh, sole purposes of trying to sell them as authentic gear yeah and there's if the internet age has changed anything for the sneaker game it has allowed people to purchase these replica shoes and put them up on avenues such as like Mercari or Poshmark or Uh, let go 
and put them up for the prices that they know that they're going for on StockX or GOAT. And that's where it's really difficult for somebody who doesn't know because these replicas are so good that you have to know your shit to identify them. And because in order to buy a replica sneaker, you have to know the shoe. And one of the things that when I purchase mine, I spend weeks, if not a month, researching what's on the market and what the shoe is like so that when I finally pull the trigger on a pair that I want, I can tell you exactly what's wrong with it. Mm. And and that's really important for when I go on Poshmark. A lot of times, I, I hate this because I'm a troll sometimes, but I'll go on Poshmark and I'll see people selling some hype and I'll be like, oh, that stitching isn't supposed to be there. This is a fake. And then all of a sudden the ad will be gone. And, and and we're talking about shoes that people have up there for thousands, a thousand dollars. And I've seen so many stories of people saying, hey, I got hacked by this when they could have purchased that if they wanted, if they wanted the real thing, they could, they, you know, could have just gone to a, a GOAT or a StockX, but they went to those other markets because, you know, hey, you think you can trust people um, and they end up not getting what they paid for. And that's, a, to me an offense that I will not get behind. Yeah, like I, I mean, just, that, I just that protects the integrity of, of, of the culture. It keeps it pure, keeps the playing field leveled, you know, for people that are into it because no one wants, everyone wants the, a, a good deal, right? Let's say everyone wants a, gr- a great deal on something. Yes. And the, you know, the thought of being had is one thing, but then knowing that you've got something that is not even the, the real thing, and it falls apart on you or whatever, it's even mm-hmm. a double down, like, wow, I, I, I can't believe I... And it puts a sour taste in your mouth, which then again, you tell someone else that don't get into this world and stuff like that. So I, I'm glad that, that, that it, it should be self-policed, that, you know, people, more people should call people's bullshit out and like, listen, that, those are not real. You know, the uh, the heel on that is, is, is totally wrong and stuff like that. So I'm glad Reddit and those sites exist because people can actually vet things and discuss it in a forum um and yeah you should run away and and not put your you know your fake sneakers up there anymore yeah um now i love the the reddit the subreddit that's you know dedicated to the replica sneaker world and um anybody who's interested in it you should definitely check it out and i think the reason i would say to check it out is because the people that are mostly who i interact with on that site are probably some of the coolest sneaker heads that I've ever you know talked with because they're not really out to show that they have something better than what I have. We're all in the same game of just wanting that heat that makes us feel good. And most of the time, unless the high schoolers come to me, because one of the things to point out here is that I'm probably one of the more prominent QC people on that subreddit because I've spent the time to learn about certain shoes that are highly repped. And so people tag me a lot and I provide them, you know, a service for, for free for the most part to say, Hey, this is good. This is bad. And I let the people make the decision for themselves. Um, but most of those people just want something that looks good enough so that they can say, I own this and that's good enough for them. Yeah. Uh, the high schoolers that come to me and say, look, I need to be as close as possible because and Cleve, I'm so glad I'm not in high school anymore. <laughs> Apparent, apparently, kids in high school now scan the StockX tags to make sure that they're real. Jesus, really? Wow. And I, I was like, I, I, I've told so many of those kids who tell me that they're in high school to say, look, I know that it's difficult to do this because I've been in high school. I know that it's difficult, but don't care what anybody thinks, really, because if it makes you feel good and they're on your feet, that's about as real as it's going to get. And who cares if anybody calls out? I've even said, so you can send them my way if they've got a problem. Um, you know, send, get them on Reddit and send them to me and I'll tell them exactly why it doesn't matter. And, and again, these are high school kids. It's a little bit different. I'm 37. If I walked somewhere and somebody tried to make fun of me for my shoes, I just wouldn't care. Because no. that's not what I'm in. I'm not in it for other people to tell me how awesome my shoes are. I'm in it because when I look in the mirror and look at myself, I'm like, man, those are some heat. That, that's some heat right there. And I feel really good about that. That's all. Um, and I want to empower as many people as possible to feel that way, whether they want to be the retail collector or whether they want to have, like I have, a, a mixture of both. I have like 30 
shoes, I think, right now. And I more retails than reps, but it's like 20 to 11 or 20 to 10 or something like that. Okay. And most of the people that see me in my reps are like, man, those are fire. Because they don't know. Yeah. And I don't tell, I'll tell them that they're fake. Be like, you know, these are replicas. And most people look at me and they're saying, wait, you mean I can get those? Yeah. Because they thought they were priced out of it. And um, when you when you take the pairs and compare them to a retail pair, most of the time, the differences are so negligible and they don't matter when they're on your feet. And like this one stitching should be a centimeter over here. Nobody's going to notice that kind of thing. And I realized that about what about that world. And that's why I decided to dive into it as I as I have. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's now lent itself, you know, my wife has been like, well, you know, all this other stuff about them being replicas. And then I said, you know, I can get you a, a replica Louis Vuitton bag. And boy, the conversation shifted right quick. Yeah. <laughs> and right. Because my wife is not somebody who likes a lot of that stuff, but yeah. there's one bag in particular that her and her friend loved. And I found it. I found a trusted seller who could get it for them. So the the, the the friend was the guinea pig and she got it and Chrissy you know had done a QC on it and everything and it was awesome so I ended up having to order it for like three more people yeah. and you know and stuff like that but again when she goes out with it she just love, loves the way the bag looks if somebody says oh my god that's Louis Vuitton she's gonna be like yeah it's a replica and then move <laughs> and then move on with her life because that's about as good as it get, get, you know that's all she really needs um so that's, I think, where at some point, you know, I want to be able to talk with, you know, somebody who's looking to either learn some things about it or get into the game. And I think that I can provide enough value so that if you are paying me to help you out in that regard, what you are going to get in return, no matter what avenue you want, you're going to feel good about it. And that's where I think I can give some peace of mind to some folks. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to play Joe Consumer. I have a couple of questions about the sneaker game. Um, first question would be, would be, why does it, why do sneakers cost so much in this world? Like four thousand, three thousand. Is it the scarcity? Is it you know how many uh, are in production or how many in circulation? Like what, what, what drives the price? Most of the time, it's a, it's kind of a twofold concept because the shoes that most people want are not produced as much as like what they call a general release. So when you go to like the Nike outlet or you go to a champ sports or a foot locker, anything that you see on the shelf there is not something that sells out, which means they usually have a lot of stock. It's not something that's hyped, um, you know, or they, um, you know, it's just something that's sat because either that particular store has a lot of it or whatever you want. Um, but if you if you're able to purchase something in a store, it's considered what I think is a general release in which it's easier for your average consumer to get to get it. Wow. When you have a shoe that, let's say, is designed by Travis Scott or, you know, somebody like that, some rapper, some sports figure, anything like that, that's not like a performance basketball shoe. It's really considered a lifestyle shoe. Most of the time, the demand is way too high for what the what Nike can do or Adidas can do to supply because people want that shoe because of who it's tied to. Like Adidas is a version of that, you know, like their Jordan line is Yeezy. So anything Kanye West puts out, even as they get uglier and uglier, in my opinion, people want them and they sell out. Um, and so when release day comes for a shoe like this, we're talking, if you're on the sneakers app solely, which is where most of the stock is, if they have 30,000 pairs, they're probably going to get 500,000 hits to the app. So that's, uh, what, 470,000 people who are going to take a big loss there. They're just not going to get their shoe. Um, and then because of the scarcity of them or the lack of, the lack of supply based off of how many people want them, once they hit the secondary market, economics kicks in because your willingness to pay is what drives that market. So... I could be in line with a hundred other people for the same shoe and I'm not willing to pay what everybody else is willing to pay. So it's not worth it to me, but that's why the price drives up on a lot of these. And then as so the basic of economics, it's supply yeah, and demand. Okay. Absolutely. And then hype gets added onto it. And hype is to me, it's a factor very similar to the stock market. When some random piece of news can plummet the stock market because of uncertainty, well, hype 
absolutely drives prices up. And I mentioned The Last Dance, that documentary. Yeah. Ever since then, just Jordan shoes in general, whether they're hyped or not, have been selling out and have been going for a lot more money. So there was a shoe that I was looking at. It was just a pretty generic Jordan one, black, black toe. It's called the Crimson Tint. And it was just like black and like a light pink. You know, really, really sharp. And I've been eyeing it for a while on GOAT. And it was sitting right around retail price if I wanted to buy it. Um, you know, somebody was reselling it. And that was about what the market was. If I wanted to buy that shoe today, it's about $320 in my size. So that shoe price has doubled merely because The Last Dance came out and a whole bunch of people said, I've got to have Air Jordans. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, for those who saw the documentary great documentary for those who didn't there was a piece that matt matt and i are kind of circling around where it almost didn't happen if it wasn't for jordan's mother because yes. he really didn't even want to meet with these people because as we know prior to uh nike being be, uh, becoming the giant in the industry that they are they were you know number three on the on the list probably you know uh, converse again converse brooks uh pony um, Adidas, those were the those were the sneaker companies that were the, that were paying athletes, and they were paying them pennies. Jordan was the first one to really break out, and then I think I think Bo Jackson was right after uh, with the Bows. Um, those Reebok? were a very popular sneaker, man. The Bo Jacksons were they Reebok? Uh, who, who Joe? No, yeah, no, but yeah, Bows. Oh, Bows. I'm sorry, Bo. No, they were um uh, they were Nikes. They were Nikes. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they were Nikes. Um. Because, you know, Bo was a, you know, uh, double sport athlete. Yes. And um, he was doing amazing at the time. And, and then the Bo Knows campaign uh, came right after Jordan's. Um, and and people that people that don't know, Spike Lee and Michael Jordan made the first uh, Nike commercials for their sneakers. Um, he went as the character Mars Blackman, which was a, a character for one of his movies. And that became, like, the thing that everyone knew those sneakers were about it was like oh spike lee and michael jordan have these and that's what really kind of kick-started from, from what i remember from where i grew up um in that time in that era in in the mid 80s that was i was uh, i was in junior high school and i remember man like you know before all of that the two hottest sneakers were were um were bird and magic's converse weapons those <laughs> were the sneakers <laughs> well, it's funny you mention um, the Mars because that, I believe it was a Jordan 4. I think it was a white cement 4. And the whole part of that movie was that somebody stepped on the Jordans yeah. and there was a whole to-do over it. Yeah. Well, they ended up making those exact shoes with the scuff marks on them. Yeah, I remember. Uh, right? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, but that that was kind of... 120 plus tax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That Yeah, that was probably one of the first instances where a popular, you know, pop culture reference made mm -hmm. its way to an actual manifested shoe. Ha now it happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, it really does happen all the time. And um, so as an economics major in college, you know, I recognized that I just was never going to be able to buy into the hype of something because it's just the way that I prioritize my, my finances. Mm -hmm. um, but it is fascinating to watch the market. I mean, there was a... It, so... Even so, even anything that looks like one of the old retros, so the old the old retro is the, quote, Chicago colorway of the Jordan 1, which is just red and white with the black swoosh. You know, like one of the one of the, one of the first ones. Like, it wasn't the first Which Jordan, one? The, on, the, on the moon boots? No, 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 no. Well, yeah, the, the I think they showed it in the last dance. It was like his first year he had the red and white ones. Like, when you go back and watch that footage, he's the only one with a cool sneaker. Everybody else has yeah, Converse on, yeah, and it just how, pops that's so how the much. League was. That's how the mm -hmm. league was. <laughs> so anything that looks like that sells. So there was a woman's release that happened today, um, I believe, or yesterday, one of the two days. And basically, it, it looked very, very similar to one of those first jordan one colorways and i think it changed like one thing about it and it sold out completely and the stock was super low on it so if it looks like an old jordan retro people want it because it's so hard to get the actual original colorways now no matter what year they retro because they usually retro like every few years or so uh i think the last time the chicago's retroed was like 2015 or something maybe 2016 something around that time frame but now if you want to get those we're talking almost a thousand dollars for. Wow! For and, me, wow! Yeah. Wow! Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
And so people are just jumping at a shoe that they can get that looks like one of those because I'm not going to lie to you, it's a hot look. The 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 I have a pair um, that are not quite the Jordan ones. They did a what they called a 1.5. It was in like 2014 where they put the Jordan two outsole and tooling with the Jordan one upper. And to me, it didn't matter because it was price price friendly at the time that I purchased it, and it looked like the old Chicago ones, and that's all that I wanted. Um, and so that's why I bought it. But that, you know, I know that much about it. But that that one even goes for like two fifty, three hundred bucks, and it's it's not a shoe that everybody grabbed. It, it actually sat on the shelves for a while. Wow. From a from a currency standpoint, anyone that's listening who um who's in the game of of, of buying and selling and trading. Two things you need to watch out for in the next few months. Uh, LeBron is shooting Space Jam 2, all right? So his LeBron sneakers oh, are going to yeah. go up. And then from the Space Jam 1, <laughs> any of those mm-hmm. sneakers that you hold or you have, get your hands on, will be worth triple the amount. I guarantee you because um, – and I'm, I'm going to show you how, how, how I see this happening. When uh, my wife likes to buy – she buys movies. She, she's a she's a classic uh, classic Hollywood buff. She has tons of classic movies. I mean, probably thousands of them. And then every so often, she'll buy some of the Disney stuff. And around when when Disney's gonna get ready to launch um, a movie or a remake, whatever that that item is, if it's Cinderella, if it's Pocahontas, it's scarce until that movie comes out. And then all of a sudden, it'll make a comeback, and it'll be like $30, $40 until it dies down again. So I know for a fact when Space Jam uh, 2 comes out with LeBron, his sneakers are going to go up. Whatever he's wearing in that movie is going to go up. And then everyone that remembers Space Jam 1 or some of the new people who want to go nostalgic about Space Jam 1, you'll, or, or the reason I'm sorry, Space Jam, you'll, you'll have to go back and look at those sneakers from Space Jam because the Space Jams are a iconic sneaker because, mm-hmm. again... You know that movie came out. God, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I don't even know how old that was when that movie came out. But I was, I was grown up still. But I remember the hype around that where I grew up. It was going to the theater to see it. Everyone was wearing Michael Jordan sneakers. I was like, this is insane. Yeah. Um. So the Space Jam 11s. So we they just released the 34. They released the 35 this year. So yeah, 23 years ago, 23 and a half years ago. But. It's funny that you mentioned the the Space Jams because the Space Jam 11s um, are probably one of the more sought after 11 colorways. Um, so for those listening who who don't know, like the Jordan line has numbered itself. You know, at this point, it's become almost like a WrestleMania thing where it's like they put a number or the Super Bowl where they put a number on it. So every new iteration of the shoe that comes out a number is placed as to basically what number that is in the yearly series where the jordan one was the first one he ever in war and now you have the 34s that came out last year so the 11s came out and he actually debuted i believe the, the jordan 11 space jams in that movie and i think they were just like a black i mean the jordan 11s are usually a patent leather midsole with a you know like a nylon upper and they have um I think these had icy blue outsoles, I want to say. Um, and people are love Jordan 11s. And Nike, every December, their big holiday release is always a Jordan 11. And usually it's some type of a retro. This year, I don't think it's a retro. I think it's like a brand new colorway. But um, So yeah, I agree with you that those types of events make the hype uh, even more. And LeBron, you know... Is, I think he's on like his 18th. I think they're on like LeBron 18s, not counting some of the other like offshoot ones. Because you know how Jordan has those those random um, Jordan you know shoes that are like the Jordan Aura or something like that. Somebody always told me that that was what dads who wanted to be cool bought. They bought like those off. They're not off brand Jordans, but they're not part of the main line yeah. uh, that are that are numbered or whatever. And LeBron has a bunch of those too. But his main line, I think he's on number 18. And you're right. My guess is. They're going, they are making a, you know, they've made some colorways of the LeBron shoes that pay homage to the original Space Jam. But my guess is he's going to have a brand new pair of LeBrons that nobody's ever seen yes. in that movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can get, mm-hmm. I can almost put money on that. That yeah. that's going to happen because if, and, and if they don't, shame on them because they're going to miss the mark from a marketing standpoint because of how big this culture is. So my next question as a, um, as, as Joe Consumer, 
you've used some 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 terminology that that I'm catching on to because we're talking. But for someone who's a, who's a very green or or lay person in this regard, um, what would be some of the some of the, some of the jargon that I would hear or we would hear in a sneaker in the sneaker world? So the one I use that I actually really hate is the the word colorway. Okay. Apparently, it's a. Uh, I, I looked it up because my wife was like, "Is that even a word, or is that just something that you know sort of was adopted as a sneaker culture?" So when I looked it up on Google, apparently it's a wallpaper term, uh, and it does actually mean like a. It's like a. It's like a specific design of all the colors together. Yeah, scheme. Like that. It's like a scheme. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I started to use it because I would try to get around it, but it's such a it's such a lingo word that everybody uses. So I started to be a little bit more adaptable in using it because when I talk to people on Reddit and type some things out, they know what that word means. Okay. Um, but there's, there's there's other words like you know heat, uh, fire, flames, anything. Any if anybody tells you any of those terms, it means that whatever you're wearing, they're into. Um, and that's that that's pretty popular. Like whenever um, a shoe comes out, a lot of times nowadays social media will say, "Here's a first look at a shoe that's upcoming," and you're either going to see people with the fire emoji or you're going to see people with the trash can emoji, because they either love it or they don't yeah, like it. Yeah. And trash is usually like, "Oh, they don't like it." <laughs> um, you know, th- those are some of the the biggest ones. Um, another one that you hear a lot is like, it's not a shoe specific one, but it's like your fit. And it's like a outfit is like, mm-hmm. you know, your shoes plus your outfit combo. Okay. Um, granted, I'm not really that cool. So my fits don't really, you know, you <laughs> saw the one I, you saw the one I posted. It was like dad bod fit and it's like cargo shorts, but I've got super hot shoes on. Right. <laughs> like I'm just, I actually, I've coined a phrase that I call myself Kirkland chic cause I buy clothes at Costco, but I have like expensive shoes <laughs> or expensive looking shoes. So, um, that's some of them. Um, I mean, there's probably, I mean, there's obviously terminology that gets used about what the shoe is about, like, but it's just general terminology, like outsole, midsole, midfoot, you know, all that kind of stuff. And those are just technical terms for the different parts of the shoe. Okay. Um, You know, and what you'll learn if you do enough studying is, you know, when you talk about, like, for instance, the Jordan 1, there's the corner stitch, because if you look at the midfoot of the of a Jordan one, you will see what looks like a half of a square where the stitching sort of comes to a point right above the swoosh. And it looks like they took half of the square and just sort of stitched it at an angle on the shoe. And that's called the corner stitch. I didn't was until I started researching on Reddit. Um, But apparently it's a, you know, something it's something that you can, if it's really bad, you know, if a Jordan one is fake or not, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. So, those are some of the terms. Like I said, I've talked about GOAT and StockX, which are more companies that do authentication to make sure that you're, well, they they say that they're making sure that you get it, but a lot of fakes will pass some of those because, again, the fakes are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's those are some of the ones that I've used. Is there another one that you heard that no, I can just, explain? I, I just think about, you know, some of the some of the clientele that you may have mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, who may be either younger or... Mm-hmm. And I would actually think the younger the younger um, people would actually know more or even have even more jargon. They would. And then, but someone if I'm if I'm a dad buying for my for my kid and I'm shopping with my kid and and someone's fast talking us, and I'm getting lost in this conversation, I want to be able to keep up. I want to be able to be not the hip dad, I guess, but I want to be able to say, okay, he's talking about these. These just came out. They're they're this. I mean, think about when you were a kid and. Someone mm-hmm. said, I think the words when we were kids was rad and 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 stuff like that. Yeah. Now the one that's been around since I've been a little kid that I can't believe it's still here is dope. Dope has been around since yes. I was like nine years old. And I'm yes. six people. And dope has always been I remember the first time I said that's dope. And my dad was like, What where's dope in this house? I said, No, there's not there's no dope in the house. I'm just saying like it means there's a nice. So he's like, Why you say dope? I'm like, it's something that we say. And I it's still around. It's still yep. around all these, these I decades. say it still. I say it too. Like It made a comeback. It made a comeback, bro. It definitely made a comeback. And it has a place in the sneaker world. It just seems to sort of make sense there when I say it. When I say, man, that's that, that shoe is dope. Um, I actually said that this morning uh, about one. But uh, you're right, though. I mean, young people know more than I do. And I generally don't... Um, 
you know, try and tell some young person what, whether, what they know or what they don't know. Because sneaker culture is a part of teenage fabric now. And it is for a lot of different, uh, you know, races and cultures because it's not just one specific one. I mean, I have an old boss whose son, you know, has asked me to get shoes because his friends are getting them for, uh, and he can't get them because his parents aren't as, you know, aren't wealthy. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's a different world when it, with a lot of the younger people because I think they have to know a lot about it because of the culture that there is around them. Of the the kids just want to know that their shoes are authentic, and it's a it's um like a status symbol in yeah. in some of those circles. And that's where I said I'm so glad I didn't go to high school now because I could not handle that. Like well, I probably wouldn't even get into it. Well, when I, well see when I was when I was a kid. Uh, I went to Catholic All Boys High School, but my neighborhood, after I got out of school, my neighborhood was a regular neighborhood. And a lot of the things, um, we actually joked about this the other day about the starter jackets back in the uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, our yes. uh, Richie Kotite. <laughs> I was going to say the Richie Kotite special. <laughs> so, you know, that was, a, that was a popular thing. And then I remember, other than Jordan sneakers, other than Air Jordans, um, Patrick Ewan had a line. Oh, yeah, I remember. And then a guy from actually your area, from from the Boston Celtics, D Brown. The oh yeah, that, that dunk contest and he pumped up those Reeboks. Yep, those sold like wildfire when that happened because everyone wanted to do the D Brown, you know, look. Mm-hmm. So you know, sneaker culture has obviously evolved into something. I mean, it, it's something. I mean, that convention blew my mind away. I couldn't believe that everyone there was, you know, for you know. Not just to look. There were people, you know, buying things and walking around and taking it all in. And I was like, wow, this is everything has its place. Everything has its place in the universe, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and again, I was I was very impressed with how every person that we passed that you looked at their feet and said, hey, you know, those kids over there, that's that's some of eight thousand dollars worth of sneakers. And I'm like, holy shit, how is that possible? And you're like. They trade, they buy, they trade, and then they get what they want, and they they rock those, and then they sell mm-hmm. others. And I'm like, so it's a whole thing. So any any um any young entrepreneur on here listening, this is a probably a great way to kind of monetize what you do. You know, if you want to collect, collect. If you wanna if you want to make some money, uh, trading in the sneaker world, I'm pretty sure that that will do. But learn the economics, learn the haggling learn the, the bargain but again it's like matt said it's what is what is your cap because i can see someone totally putting themselves out where they're risking not paying a mortgage or a car note because they want to get a pair of sneakers that won't be around if they don't make this auction and i'm like yes. dude you know that <laughs> it happens it happens for so many other things in life it does I, I i you know but if you're if you're educated enough on what you're doing you can probably find them somewhere else you can probably spot that that money that you just laid out recklessly. You just got taken because you were you were rushing. I always always look at the stuff that's if it's too good to be true. So I love the fact that you said a little while ago that you took a month or so, a few weeks to kind of like really dig into what you're looking for, take your time with it, and and really appreciate what you did versus an impulse buy. I see it, they flashed it on me. I'm gonna buy it because that's how I am. I, I honestly am with a lot of stuff and. You know, I'm learning now. I'm collecting silver and, and, and precious metals, and I'm learning the nuances of like how to spot things, due diligence. Every little thing I get, I can read about it. Because again, I want to make an educated purchase, not an educated guess. I want to say, you know what? I feel confident enough to pull the trigger and buy these, and not have buyer's remorse right after I press go. Yes. And um, to dive in a little bit further to what you talked about, you know, with researching for a month and. And just kind of the the replica game a little bit. And I want to put, if there's some people listening who sort of feel like, um, you know, there's a little bit of trouble with that. I want to put your mind at ease. And and one of the reasons why I like it so much is because it forces me to continue to learn about the shoe. I don't have to just go and and dump $800 to get a pair that comes to me. I actually have to learn about it. And by doing so, you know, I've um, taken the time to notice the nuances, appreciate the design, appreciate why something was put together a certain way, and also been able to lend that knowledge and appreciation to other people. Um, and it's it's just something that is very fun for me. It's almost like a, a catharsis for in some ways, because at the end of a long day, 
I can sit on that subreddit and scroll through and tell people, hey, this is a good pair. This is not a good pair. This is why this is a good pair. This is why this is not. And it, it's awesome in return because I get people. So I have an IG account and I have a YouTube channel now dedicated to this stuff. I get people who message me to say, hey, bro, this is the pair that you QC'd for me. And I love them so much. I get, an, I get a sense of satisfaction out of that because I've helped somebody. And some of these people, like one of the guys was in the Philippines. Like he lives in the Philippines and he doesn't have the same access to some of this stuff as the rest of us. And so he got a replica pair of some Yeezys and he just messaged me to say, Matt, this is, this is awesome. Like, thank you so much for taking the time to look at this. And it just makes me feel so good. That in turn makes me feel good. Absolutely. And and that's why I think I like that culture so much because again I don't have a problem with people knowing that they're not the real thing, if you will. Um, that doesn't bother me, and I know that it's it's a currency for a lot of other people, and so that's why I think like I don't wear replicas to places like conventions or anything like that because to me there is a sacredness of those types of places. Like the, those people are out there with something that they use their hard, hard-earned money on, their hard-earned time on, and it makes them feel good. And I respect what goes into, you know, that culture. And so when I buy something that I know is a replica for me to wear, I wear them on my own personal time. But I don't wear them to places to try to make other people think that they're real. Um, and I think that's an important distinction to make because for me, that is the, that, that is the true value of the replica world is that I can get what I want and wear them on my own time. And then I have the pairs that I've been able to get lucky on and get, you know, at retail price that I wear that have a different kind of value. They have a value of, you know, they, they excuse me, they do bring along a little bit of street cred, if you will. But um, uh, th- those are the, excuse me, the types that I wear to, to those things. And so if anybody is wondering, like, whether I, you know, try to be something that I'm not with that, I don't. I just have found that there are avenues in which people can get what they want for what works for them. And if your financial status or your you want to spend your money in this way because you want to make that initial investment to buy and start trading and get work up, that's awesome. You can do that. But if you're somebody who just wants to use your money differently because you want to wear this stuff, that avenue exists for you too. And I think a lot of people are either scared to do so because they're afraid to get called out or they just don't know that it exists and that it exists in a way that you know you're not going to get scammed doing it because i have taken the time reddit people on reddit have taken the time to put together an entire subreddit so that people can make comfortable purchases and not feel like their money is going to get taken by some random person absolutely and you know we we spoke last week we touched on the the inclusive the inclusion of people that want to do this because you make a great point about you know, I may not want to spend two thousand bucks on this, but if I can spend four hundred, you know, and I'm fine with that, then I'm fine with that. My uh, last question as Joe Consumer. Now, I don't know if this I don't know if this exists in the sneaker world or uh, it may or may not. You may may know or may not know. So I drive a BMW, but the BMWs in Europe in Germany are different from the BMWs here in a lot of ways. Um, obviously they import and export what they want to. Uh, so there's certain models, like when I was getting one built back in the day, it was, the choices were different in North America versus in Dublin, Ohio versus whatever factory in Germany. I was like, wait, what's the, what's the difference? It's like, well, these parts are made and sold in Germany. These parts, these parts are made overseas in Japan or wherever else and sold back to BMW, BMW stamps it and then sends it out to North America. So in the sneaker world, I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, do you find that in Europe or let's say Asia, because that's where a lot of the culture is kind of um, hotspotting, do you find that they have different things there that we don't have here or vice versa? Or is it is it all over and we're just kind of like in that whole market? No, there, so actually just this week, there was a Jordan 1 colorway that released that was a Japan exclusive. Wow. So they do have exclusives, and it's not just country or region-based. You'll find this with a lot of Yeezys, where there's certain Yeezy colorways of like the 350 V2 model, which is that slipper-looking one, um, where it'll be a European only or Asian only or, you know, or something like that. And so you can't get it unless you know how to work those markets and you know how to you know, use VPN and do stuff like that to go get them. 
Um, and those generally are sought after because you can't get them in the States because they only release in those regions. Um, and so, yes, there are equivalents of that. It's not the same as where the shoe is made differently in other countries, but there are shoes that are made that are region specific and are only released there. Um, I think one of the best examples of that. So in 2017, Virgil Abloh, who I think is like the creative director at Louis Vuitton, um, he started a Nike collaboration. His his brand is called Off White, um, and that is a very major des- like a designer clothes and shoes brand. Like if you go to Off White and look at their prices, you're talking like thousand dollars for a retail pair of shoes. Wow! It's that high end. It's a high end fashion name. Okay. Um, and so he did a Nike collaboration, which was called the Ten, in which he took ten Nike silhouettes and basically redesigned them it was where the the diy look to shoes came in and he did a jordan one and it you know if we were on video i could at least pull up a picture but it sort of looks like they took all of the jordan one apart and then stitched it back together so to speak and there were two main colorways of that there was a red and white and black which is more like the chicago and then there was a like unc looking one which was that carolina blue ish with white right and they had little, they like there's little things on them. Like they have Helvetica text on the medial side of the shoe that say like Nike, you know, Beaverton, Ohio, stuff like that. Now there was a European only colorway that was all white. It was, and so we couldn't get that in the States. And that's why that colorway, you know, was going for so much more, more money at the time because it was something that was Europe, Europe only. Um, and so like in the rep game, a lot of people want those, but I always say to people, this was a European only exclusive and it re- it resells for like $3,000. So make sure that when you buy this, the people you know um, think, you know, don't think that you have that kind of money laying around because, you know, people don't know. Yeah. Um, and um, so I think that's, I think that's the closest equivalent. And sometimes a shoe will lease overseas that is really hot and it's just like, well, I won't be getting that one because it's only for that. But another example in the skate shoe world now, it's up and coming. The Nike Dunk is coming back, like I mentioned last week. And there'll be colorways, those Grateful Dead shoes that I talked about. Two of the colorways only released in skate shops. Um, And so you had to go to a Nike skateboard or Nike SB affiliated skate shop to get it. They didn't release online. They didn't have a global, like a, you know, a widespread release on the app or anything like that. Um, or up and coming this this uh, later this year, uh, Union, which is a, a you know like a boutique sort of store out in Los Angeles, did a Jordan one a few a couple years back. They're doing a Jordan four now, and there's two colorways. There's one that's black, you know, mostly a black one, um, and that's going to have like a widespread release. But then they're doing like a pink looking one or a guava, which you have to go to that store to get. So there is exclusivity in how they do that. You see what I mean? So it's not just other countries, but even within this country, you you know, it might only release at this one shop or you might have to go to a, uh, a specific shop to go get it. It's not something um, that you can just go, you can grab, you know, using the sneakers app or something like that. So you'd have to know someone, you have to really have a, a plug somewhere <laughs> overseas, like Morgan Freeman in Shawshank and <laughs> get me a pickaxe. Yeah, you either have to do that or a lot of there's services now where you can essentially purchase an overseas um, address and have things like ship through that address. No so you, shit. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you can crazy. basically yeah, you can basically <laughs> purchase like I have one for free that's in England somewhere, I think. So if there was like a raffle, an overseas raffle that I wanted to uh, enter in and you could only be from the European Union or something, I would put that as my address. And in the very, very highly unlikely event that I won one of those raffles, um, it would get routed to that address and then that th- th- they would forward it to me. Wow. It's almost like kind of a freight forwarder situation. Damn. So, that is insane. Yeah, those are the wow. types of things that I joined a sneaker group that outlined a lot of those things. And I had no idea that you could get that into it. And I only, you know, did that because I wanted one shoe and I knew that I was never going to get it. So it was like I got a free address and I would never use it again because I'm not going to enter those raffles. They're so difficult to win. Yeah. Um, but there, it does go to that, that kind of a level with some of those international releases and people wow. just don't know how to navigate that and i had no clue until uh, i started to learn a little bit yeah education is key if, if you're willing to put the time in to do a little bit digging there is gold in them dark yeah. hills 
Man, this was a great episode. I always um, enjoy learning something new. Um, this is was definitely insightful. Can you please give the listeners uh, your contact information so they can start contacting you if they have questions beyond the episode or if they want to just kind of start for you to vet some sneakers for them? Sure. So um, anybody who's on Instagram, um, my handle for you know this particular sneaker venture is uh, rep, R-E-P, uh, Maddie. M-A-T-T-Y 21. Uh, that's also, um, I have a Reddit handle that's that as well. Uh, and that is also my Gmail address. So it's again, R-E-P-M-A-T as in Tom, T as in Tom, Y 21. Uh, that's Instagram. Uh, and that is also um, Gmail. And if you're looking for me on YouTube, it's Maddie F. It's really difficult to find, but if you hook up with me either by email or by Instagram, I can set you up there. Very, very starter stuff. You know, my content is a lot of on-feet looks. Um, I did post a video, and I think, Cleve, you saw it, where it was a comparison of, like, different dunks retail to uh, rep, you know, toe boxes and stuff like that. So I'm looking to get some of that content. Um, but you know, I can definitely help you out. Um, I've not yet put together like the full business model, but I think if, you know, you're looking for like a big haul of shoes, I can uh, very affordably price something out to do some of the work for you and let you make sure you get what you're looking for there. Sounds good. Thank you so much again Mm -hmm. for being on the manual. Uh, we we look forward to having you, you know, if we can get you every week, we, you know, we'd love to have you. Uh, to talk about yeah. this and, and other stuff, but always insightful, my brother. Always insightful. Thanks for having me. I'll definitely would love to come back next week because I want to flip the script on you. I've got a question to start the show off, uh, the next show off for you instead of you asking me the question. Does that sound all right? Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, man. All right, man. Have a great weekend. You too. Later. Peace.